Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But this little dink ball, no one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I've been asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I cover you, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> So we have two huge provincial finals this weekend, um, lads. It's the big one in Connacht. It's Mayo versus Galway. Like, it doesn't get any bigger. And then you have Kerry versus Cork um, down in Munster in Killarney. Like, I don't know. I'm looking around the different websites and newspapers and I don't... It just feels like there's nothing going on this weekend, Johnny. Like, I mean, you know, I don't know. I think that definitely we're missing a trick regarding promotion. I don't think Mayo did any media... I think Galway did something, but it, it seemed to be just in, in local uh, newspapers. I don't see anything in the national media. I see Peter Keane um, was put up from Kerry, which probably is a, lot, a waste of a lot of people's time. And then I think Cork and Fairness put up one uh, manager and three players. I've only seen one player so far. Maybe the other two were for Sunday papers or something. I don't know. I just feel that, and I've always said this, the build up to some of these big games just doesn't feel like they're big games. Yeah, and I suppose... You're you're looking at it from, from well, certainly from my point of view. You're looking at supporters, and you want to get an insight. You want to see what's happening. You want to you know who's maybe going well, or a little bit of insight into what's going on. But then when you put your players hat on, you're thinking, you know, the curse of the Sunday paper. You know, oh, yeah. we've all heard about that one, and and um, you know, I've, I've done a couple of them in my time, and uh, I talked a better game the week before <laughs> than I did on the week after. But so, but but I certainly think there is. You're right, and and it's it's a bit like showing all the games I used to be a big critic of why don't we show all these games because you know we have to sell the game um, and, and certainly you know I suppose both both provincial finals are traditional the traditionalists will love them you know uh, Cork, Kerry and, and Galway Mayo um, but yeah there seems to be a little feel of, of I don't know whether it's just 
the time around. I don't know if the, you don't get that buzz. Maybe we did t- coming into the even the provincial semi-finals in in the north uh, in the north during the week. You know, there was big talk of Armagh and, and Monaghan and and stuff like that. So yeah, it's maybe it's it's a slow it's a slow build up. Um, or you know maybe we're, there's an air of inevitability. I don't know. I don't know. What's the build up like in Cork, Paul? Like, I mean, is is this you know are people looking forward to this? Or are you a little bit a little bit worried about it? They're probably more worried uh, than anything. But like Johnny's right, like. Just the first game I always looked forward to as a as a Cork player, like the Cork Kerry one, and you know they're probably talking down the provincial championships in the last couple of weeks, and geez, they should be doing their best to build them up, like you know, like to try promote it and, and get lads watching. Like I suppose there isn't too many tickets for the Cork Kerry game, um, even though Clarny will probably be thronged. But like, um, I just think people are probably worried about in Cork, but they should be definitely sending players out. Do you know what I mean? Even you know, like they're the heroes and like. Like the likes of Clifford, Shawnee, Shea, Potter from Cork, uh, they're superstars. Like for 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 young lads going out, and yeah. people want to see what they're about. Like you know, so I think I think teams should do a bit more to, to maybe put these lads out there before the big games. Powder, Powder was one of the players I saw. Definitely a, a good interview. We'll get onto some of his quotes um, in part two because he he definitely speaks fairly honestly. Coming up, it's an unusual one to, one to have the Connacht final in Croke Park, Johnny. Like I mean, like I, I, I'm looking forward to it. We'll get into who it'll suit. It'll probably suit Mayo. But then I was thinking, like, you, you know, how lucky we were playing in Leinster, Johnny. Like, I mean, I've played in Croke Park more times than I can actually remember. I was trying to, to count them up. I played in it five times before I'd left even minor. Never mind that you'd almost take it for granted. And then you have the likes of Mayo, Connacht, having to win Provincial just to get maybe one game in the year there. Yeah, we, we really were lucky. And, and I was a bit a bit like yourself, trying to think how many times. And I'd say I've played there more times than any, any yeah. pitch. Um, so, yeah, and it's like uh, you do when you hear the particular on Calair, you know, uh, Crow Park, it's, it's eerie, it's this, it's that. From a, but from a player, it's the place you wanted to play. You know, it was... It was and obviously, the more the bigger the occasion, the better. You know, lucky enough to play in in Leinster finals and all Ireland semi finals and things like that. So it was it was the place to be. I always wanted to play, but it, I was delighted to get an opportunity. You know, we would have played um, some of the we played Donegal in, in a league game one time. Um, sort of, Fair. but we played Leinster quarter finals and all Absolutely, sorts there as yeah. double headers. Yeah, yeah, and it was great. I you know I I said from from a playing point of view, and particularly now I was up there last Sunday. Like it's. Jenny Mac, if you can't play, if you can't play in Crow Park, it's just immaculate. It's so big, um, there's not a there's not a blade of grass out, out of uh, out of sink there, and it's just oh, listen, I'd love I'd play there every day. Um, but we were, you're right, we're very lucky. Um, you know, I, I remember the, the first time I would have played, and it was sort of the old Crow Park uh, when I played there first, and uh, you know, it was just you felt that from a, from a young a young lad coming on that you know I've arrived here and playing in Crow Park. You know, it was massive, massive thing, and yeah. you know, obviously we, we were the lucky ones. We were the lucky one. Like five years out of minor, Paul. At the start of your career, you would have played there a good bit and then it probably dried up. Yeah, like I, the first time I was there would have been 2003, I'd say. It would have been the first year of minor. We, we lost to Dublin, the All-Ireland semi. I didn't play there again for another five years until the All-Ireland club final about 2008, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the two of them didn't go too well, but like lucky enough after that, we were playing there two, three, four times every year with Cork. And then, as you said, it dried up towards the end. But like... Oh, we used to love going up there. You know, you'd be nearly hoping to get Dublin away in the league, like you know, just to, to go up and play there an, an extra game. You know, um, it's the place where everyone wants to play. You know, and, and the journey's nothing from Cork, so people people love going up there to play. What was your record like there, Johnny? I have to say, like, and I, you know, I'm very honest about my career. I generally played well in Croke Park. Like, I mean, I've had the, one of the worst experiences ever in Croke Park All Ireland quarter final. I was brought on against Armagh the year I got injured. 
and it was brought off in the same game in front of like there was it must have been 70,000 people that's the most horrific experience I had there I came on I was marking Andy Mallon and he kept running forward and I wasn't fit and he just he just I feel sorry now maybe that's what I have against attacking cornerbacks because <laughs> of Andy Mallon experience but in general I played well there I just loved the experience of it I don't know the pitch suited me I don't know what it was but generally I did alright there Yeah well I, look from a record point of view I'd say I had more bad days than good days in it um, particularly in, on, on the big occasions like we from or, a team point of view or from your yeah, own point of view yeah well I suppose it was a couple of, a couple of de- days you'd want to forget from a personal point of view I remember we played in 05 we played um, played Westmead Westmead were Leinster Championship and it was one of those games uh, Colm everywhere I went the ball fell into my hands and it, uh, you know just one of those good days and I thought it was cock of the hoop I was named player of the month and everyone I thought you know, I've arrived and then we went to play a leash in the semi-final and I'd, uh, Adrian Fenley for a company and he, he never Aiden gave me a kick Aidan Fenley sorry he never gave me a kick of it so I was brought back down to earth fairly quick but nah, listen a lot of big games lost two semi-finals there you know lost uh, three three Leinster finals there um, so in, in general you know I loved playing there uh, I loved getting up for the big game you know People often say, oh, kick and freeze into the hill with a packed hill. I love that. I love the, the challenge of it. Um, but as I say, from a team point of view, we normally went home with, with tears in our eyes. And unfortunately, you know, Paul mightn't have been there too often, but he was there for the big one to, to bring home an All-Ireland for Cork yeah. and 10. So he went for quality rather than quantity. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, we, we, that, my experience is probably similar to that, all right. At least Paul might have played there less, but actually won something. What was your routine like uh, coming up from Cork? Because, you know, coming from Leash, we'd, we'd warm up somewhere, maybe St. Vincent's or something. And then, you know, you'd, you do a bit of a kick, a light kick around there. Would you do that, Paul, or would you just go straight to Croke Park? Yeah, no, we saw us come up on the Saturday back in when I started. We used to get the train, and that was still going, and then it was the bus. But or, or my first manager, Connor Coon, and he wanted to keep us well away from Croke Park, so we used to be in fairly plush facilities. We used to be out in Kleiny in Fitzpatrick's, and it was, it was an unbelievable spot. You know, uh, geez, you they had no interest in football out there, and it was fairly luxurious and. I think he wanted us, us to spin into Crow Park as well on, on, the, on the match day. We used to do a bit of kicking all right today before, but geez, I used to try to do as less as possible. I used to hate that, just try to rest up. But um, we saw us go the day before, and especially under Conor Coonan, we used to stay, stay out there for a the couple of years. And then the new managers kind of took us into the Burlington uh, and around the city and stuff like that. But up the day before on the bus, um, you know, you'd be going up around mid-morning and kind of have your, have your grub that evening, a bit of kick around during the day. Right, okay, so in Kalini, no one's going to be bothering you, asking you about the match yeah. on the main street when you're going to get, get your coffee. Where do you had the warm up to? I yeah. don't know, was it tradition for Kildare to have a warm up no. somewhere? You'd go straight to Crow always, Park? We always went straight to Crow Park. We used to, depending on obviously with Mikko, we used to meet at Johnstown there um, on, on the, the Nate Road, and um, we'd normally, you know, depending on, on um, how big the game was, the crowds were there, we'd get a guard escort in, and yeah. we'd be straight in. And um, yeah, it was great. Like I always, you know, I think with one occasion under Kieran we set out in in the in the, the married out in Johnstown the night before, um, which was only happened once, and and um, I always preferred you know to stay in that my own bed. That was a stupid idea. Anyways, yeah, 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 and well, the result didn't. We we blamed it for <laughs> <laughs> when things didn't go well, but um, yeah, so we we were lucky. Sure, it's only up spin up the road for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, the 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 dressing rooms in Croke Park. When you go into the dressing room, like, I mean, would you go into the there's a to explain to anybody listening, you'd usually the routine would 
would be at Landing Crow Park, you'd watch the first half of the match before you and then at half time you'd be shepherded in and you come in and you might watch the second half and there'd be a television in the room or whatever and then there's a warm-up room and then the physio room is off it again. There are grand big luxurious dressing rooms. I'd, I'd, I don't know, I, I like to sit down and read the programme for a little while, Paul. What did you do? Did you go in, you see other fellas and they're in the warm-up and they're kicking a ball against the wall and they're in the zone and you're like, relax. <laughs> 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 I used to go out and watch the game always. I used to love watching the minors if they were playing before us, just to see how the young lads were getting on. And uh, I used to always try to get a corner in Crow Park. There was a bit, little bit of extra space in one of the, the dress rooms there, so that's what I'd go for. Um, and then you'd see the young lads, the fridges used to be stocked inside Crow Park. They'd be stealing all the power in and throwing them into their bag and, and stuff <laughs> like that. Like so, uh, um, But yeah, I, I used to, and then just go in for a small bit of a kick, nothing major, but... Uh, uh, that warm up area was handy you now like they're in, they're in the new park in Queeve now and it's nice for fellas probably to get the, the eye in before the game but geez, you wouldn't be going too mad to save the energy to be plenty yeah. running uh, to come yeah you have little mini you have ones of them in Parky Keeve Parky Keeve is near like a mini Croke Park now isn't it yeah yeah it is, it is fairly class now you know and when you come out and you look up and you see the roof of the upper deck I always just love that coming out of Croke Park you know, when you run out the tunnel you could see the roof it just seemed massive and uh, in one of the stands now it's like that in Park and Creeve so she's uh, a great place for, for young lads to grow up and play now in Cork Yeah, no definitely Come here is a question uh, when Mikko was over you lads in Kildare did Michal and Merahertig come into the dressing room every sing- before every single game? Yeah, every game every he'd come game. in and, and he'd, he'd, he didn't say a whole lot he'd, he'd probably pull Glenn to one side and have a word and he'd smiles and you know just wish you luck and I, I suppose that was part of the ritual but I know him was that him knowing Mikko or was that I think it was well I I don't remember him sort of post Mikko coming in too much right. um, but certainly certainly with when Mikko was there but then himself and Mikko would have been would have been allies and all he would have trained the Kerry boys in the 70s and 80s here in, in the Dublin based lads he would yeah. have done a bit of training so I'm sure that was uh, the case but he always came in and had a you know, wished us well, and no, I'm sure he went into the dressing room next door and wished them well. I don't know. <laughs> we wanted to win more. Was he in the Cork dressing room ever? Into our dressing room. <laughs> he was coming to to gloat after he beat us. Really, he's never been before. But uh, he'd come uh, in cute enough. He'd, co- he'd come in after he'd come in after a match to your dressing room, would he? He, I saw him knock around once or twice. All right, yeah. He'd, 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 sure, he'd be floating around all the time, like, but uh, he wouldn't be coming in to wish us luck anyway. <laughs> yeah, I remember him always in the dressing room. Yeah, come here, James O'Donoghue's dropped himself off the panel, uh, Johnny, which is like you know, I just feel sorry for him, right? Because you have all these different players who are clearly brilliant players and just get riddled by injury. And it's not just one injury; it's down one another one and another one and another one. And the poor fella hasn't been able to get a clear run of it. So I'd say just in his own head, he's had enough and he wants to go back to the club. And I think he played for Killarney Legion last weekend and only played the opening half. Now, I'm hope, fingers crossed that that was only that they were looking after him rather than something happened. But, you know, he's a huge loss to Kerry. Maybe not in the last two years because we haven't seen him all that much. But at the same time, it's just it's sad to see him to see him having to... He's not far off retiring here, really, is he? Yeah, and I suppose he never, you know, he reached the heights that he 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 did when he came on. But he burst onto the scene, really, and look at in full flight, he was a fantastic player. Um, was he? Is it fourteen or fifteen? He won Football of the Year. Fourteen, yeah. Yeah, so like he was, he was a really exciting player, and and was a, a real plus of that Kerry Kerry setup. And it is, it's it's maybe if if it, if it is the injury. That sort of you know, and and a lot of it is is trying to get the head right. You know, there's such look at. I don't buy into the whole. This is tough. The inter county scene. You know, I loved every minute of it. it. And 
you know, when when you're there, you're in that bubble. But maybe you know, if he felt that he'd not to contribute anymore, he was struggling maybe with his fitness and his, and then it can be a, it can be a tough place when you're in that headspace. And it is, I think you're right. I think it's a little bit sad to see him maybe dwindle off in in the fashion because his his body couldn't withstand it. Um, and and then um, yeah, it's it's tough because he was he was a fantastic player, you know. And we yeah. probably didn't get to see the the, the best of him for, for over a long period. The reason he was so exciting is he just goes at his man every time, Paul. Like I mean, he's just like you know he only kn- knows kind of one way, and that's forward. And defenders just haven't seen him just taking him on with with massive pace. I think it was 2014. I was down in Parky Keeve. You won't want to remember this too much. You were favourites yeah. going in going into that game. I remember Kieran Donahue was on the bench. He scored eight points from play that day, ten in in total, and that kick-started his whole season that year yeah like I actually remember him in, in 2012 as well we beat him in Parky Creeve but he came on at half time we were always three or four points ahead and he was just a thorn in our side like a young fella he just like that kept taking the man on could kick the ball left and right he kind of strike strike the ball rather than curl it and he was just always asking questions and then obviously 2014 like it was his almost like his um his coming out kind of game really like he destroyed us yeah. I think he had 10 points in total and uh Geez, at the time, like our club manager would have been Stephen O'Brien, who would have played the 80s and 90s with Cork. He was obsessed with him. Like he was saying, James Dunn, who makes eight runs before he gets the ball, he stays inside the 45, and he would be put right pressure on us in the club to move like him. But uh, he's kind of a fellow you think he's only in his mid 20s, but he's he's 31, like, and he's had a lot of injuries. Um, and as I said, like, he's just since then, he hasn't really kicked on, like, uh, to be the player we thought he would be, like, um, like, it was obviously good from a Cork point of view, from, but, uh, from a GA point of view, fan point of view, it wasn't great to see. He obviously had loads of injuries. Like, and we actually played him in the club last year, and I th- he looked sharp. I thought he'd have a have a, a big say this year, but unfortunately, look, there's massive competition there too, and it just probably didn't work out for him. It was it was at the start of last season. I think he played the game in Croke Park under lights and scored three brilliant points in the first half and then they took him off to remind, or maybe he, maybe he got injured that day I think that was the last probable um, game but that year in 2014 he scored eight from play ten in total against Cork then he got one five against Galway in the quarter final I remember that one three then in drawn against Mayo and two six in the replay in Limerick, him and Don he destroyed Mayo that day, and then he didn't score at all in the final. Neil McGee followed him everywhere. I remember, but he he won Player of the Year that year. So, like, I mean, it's pretty sad to see the see um, see him having to drop off because of injuries. But, like, I mean, I suppose that's it. I I always say, Johnny, what's the, what's the most important thing for a player? Staying injury free, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I mean, you know, I'd take being less fast or less skillful and be get a, a clear run of things there's nothing worse like i mean it, it's it's i i've i've my hamstrings messed up my career like obviously my personality messed it up as well but, but my hamstrings messed it up on the other side and I didn't like to say that <laughs> I'll say it before you say it Johnny but that's it just stay injury free you were lucky yeah. in that oh, regard I too I was steeped like you were talking about hamstrings I never pulled a hamstring in my life you know I was, I was just steeped and, but the, the thing you know when you do get it it's, it's so frustrating because it does you know, even a, a niggle, the one thing I always felt in my own head was that if I was fit, you know, eventually you'd be hopefully you'd outrun your man or you'd get a break. Or, but if you're going into a game and you're struggling and you maybe haven't done the work, there's doubts in your head. And, and that's that for me, that was that was always the, the biggest part. Um, and then if it's if it's a reoccurrence of an injury, as I say, I didn't have to go through any of that. But a reoccurrence of an injury, you're just not sure. You're maybe afraid to put the boot down just because, you know, the last time you did, there's a bit of a pull there or whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, and even even with 
so much you know from from a medical point of view now they've every box ticked but the body just needs time to heal um and 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 you know with the pace of the game now with you know the conditioning of of that's involved in county teams it does put the body under under strain and if there's any if there's any ailments there it it, it comes to the fore and and um yeah i agree with you you know if you can stay fit you have a chance you know even in your own head you have a chance we we were talking about uh gps's uh paul on the hurling show um, and Connell Keeney was saying that in the Dublin setup, the people, the medical or the, the what would you call them? The, the guys running the GPSs and the stats and the, the sprints and the kilometres covered had way too much say in a setup. They were making presentations. They were telling you what other teams were doing. They were, you know, feeding down information that you've slowed down during a game. They're doing all these things. And he said that it takes a very strong manager to say, hang on a second, Paul Kerrigan, Johnny Doyle is playing well. I don't care that they've slowed down a little bit. I know what they can do. Have you? I, it, just, it just popped into my head. Did you notice that? Because me and Johnny are out of the game longer than you. You were there till last year. Did you see these lads having more and more influence over what managers kind of decide? More so in training rather than the games. Right. I, I, I'm not sure now, like where fellas pulled off, but definitely like you'd see guys missing training or guys easing back, and and guys only to do a certain amount of kilometres in a week coming up to a game, and that like you know, and um, like I don't, I didn't see any decision making for games, but I don't know. So as I think there's some bit obsessed with it, like even some of the young lads now checking the laptop for their data would be the first thing they look at after training. Whereas, right. like, Jesus. I, I used to even w- not try not wear it if I could, like, go out, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. For embarrassment. So, so for say, the figures, <laughs> say, for example, on the Tuesday night. So I remember just when I finished around 11 or 12, all your stats would be up there, balls given away, yeah. possession stuff. You also have your kilometres covered and stuff, I presume, all there for players to, yeah. to check out. But can players not easily manipulate the... the the, the kilometres covered like for example you can run around like a headless chicken and have good like would a manager look hold a lad up say he ran 14 kilometres this is what we want and this lad could be running around like a headless chicken yeah like they would be pushing fellas for kilometres let's say for certain positions and they do have the data to other teams like so I always remember the fitness test look you know looking at the fitness test oh you're right up there with Dublin or Kerry and so on like they could be only bullshit you know maybe to, to make you feel good about yourself but um, you're right like fellas could be just getting up and down to get the, the, the kilometres into the legs you know but it's all relative I think anyway to your position and you know, how you contribute in the game like to be honest with you yeah. I think a lot of, now, and I, I'm like yourself uh, Colm I haven't had much experience with it but I think for me the, the real benefit is that you know you're dealing with facts so if I'm going to you and saying listen you know you played against Kildare two weeks ago and you played really well and you didn't play well this week but your work rate was down, and here's the facts to back it up. Yeah. Rather than saying, yeah. well, I, you know, so I think there is a place in it in, for them. Um, I, I would be certainly wouldn't be, you know, hanging my coat on them either because, as you're right, some lads can be running around and doing nothing, and, you know, can have lads working hard and not working smart. Um, so I, I certainly see a benefit in them, but as I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be all for, or, um, you know, coming in and telling oh, you should take off Colin Parkinson because he's covered this, and you're saying, well, he's kicked three points, or he's keeping that lad's, you know, whatever the case would be, he's a job to do. So, yeah. but I think most managers are, are fairly 
you would imagine at that level would be f- strong enough to see the benefits for, of the, the information they're getting and and being able to use it appropriately. The, the one that always jumps into my mind is Colin Boyle coming off for Mayo. Do you remember in the couple of All-Irelands or in semi-finals, it always seemed that he was off after 50 minutes. Uh, Paul, no matter how well he was playing, he could make a brilliant dive and block and suddenly then he's coming off to the line and everyone's scratching their heads and then you're thinking, is that, st- or, you know, is that real time... You know, is he slowing down or why are they doing that? Or Like, I would be the same as Johnny. Like, I mean, I'd only go looking for these stats to back up my own opinion. And if they went against my opinion, I'd be a little bit confused. But like, I mean, in general, you'd be hoping that if you see a lad not playing that well, you would, you know, you, you, you would want to use those stats to go, look, will you start, you slowed down, I know, you know, only to back up maybe if he came questioning you as to why he was taken off. Yeah, I, I remember when Colin Boyle's coming off, I was thinking, how, oh, like, because some of the intangible stuff, like his communication, his leadership, you know, for his teammates, like, even though he might be slowing down a bit, there's surely another 10 minutes in him. Uh, towards the end of my career, anyway, it was very much like maybe you weren't going to last the 70, 75 minutes, so they might be looking at you for the 20, 25 minutes at the end when it's the most important part of the game, you know, and they might look at it like that. But, um, yeah, I suppose this. Uh, I w- as Johnny, I w- Johnny said, like I wouldn't be hanging my hat in it, but look, it is important. I suppose the big thing is you, you mentioned powder earlier. It's about getting all your fellas on the field, and probably that's where the data for training is is more important for it than maybe in real time games. Yeah, no, exactly. Come here, I want to ask you, Johnny, about. We'll ask the two of you about uh, Geezer, Kier McGinney. Um, I have a fairly good idea of what you're going to say. He's seven, he's seven years. I'm like Peter Keane. <laughs> <laughs> he's seven years over than now. Um, you know, like, I mean, they got up to Division 1, they haven't got to an Ulster final in the seven years. Now, to be fair, the team he had seven years ago is a lot different to the team. It feels like he has a bit of a new team now. Um, you know, Geezer was asked after the game, he says, I'll al- I, I always want to be about Armagh. It's in my blood, no matter where I go. It's been part of who I am for my whole life. There's more of us, um, there's a lot more in us. But whether it's me or somebody else, they're a good bunch. They're going places. So I think he's indicated he wants to stay on. I think he has. The, he says he has the backing of the players and the county board. So, and I know he's Johnny Doyle's back, uh, backing as well. So. <laughs> yeah, look, at, I, I suppose I think the, the, the big thing there is well, there's, there's a couple of facets in that. I think one he, has he the appetite to go, and does he does he think Kieran is a big thinker of the game, a very deep thinker of the game. Does he overthink things sometimes? Sometimes he, I would agree with you. I think he might, um, he might overthink things. I know we would have, very, you know, particularly when he when he left Kildare, we would have looked back at different things, and you know, I would have felt he would have maybe thought too much about things. But, um, but the big thing for me is that the players want them, and the county board want them. And if you have a group, you know, you'll have you'll always have the the dogs in the streets, and you know, having a, a pop and saying, look, at seven years hasn't won anything. But you have a group that within, and they're the decision makers, and they see a pathway for improvement and where they want to go. Um, because if you have any of those three not lining up, I think you're in trouble. You can have a good manager and, and the players want them, but the county board are, you know, maybe split. It's very, very difficult. And you look at all the successful teams, while they might not always agree, you would have the county board, you know, pushing hard for the county team to win and making maybe decisions 
outside of that that helps the county to be successful. And I, I, like I would have seen down the years, and I'm sure there was times without being critical of the county board, but I didn't know whether that they wanted Kildare to win all Ireland as much as we wanted it at times. And, and I'm sure that's the same in, in, in you know, a lot of counties. And by doing that, there's probably hard hard decisions to be made, whether it's around fixtures, sponsorship, you know, different things that they mightn't see important to, to bring the team forward. And I think Kieran seems to have that in Armagh. Um, like there's probably a lot of uh, players out there that played with him um, that might want a, a shot at it. Um, after seven years, they probably think you know it's time for him to move on. There's pro- there's a lot of candidates in that absolutely because like I mean when you look at the 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 different pundits you have the McIntyres you have Oshin McConville you know you have the Kernans like there's a lot even off that All Ireland winning team you have Aidan O'Rourke there's a lot of lads and some of them have been in with Geezer. Um, I don't know. Like when you, when he won three Ulster Championship matches in seven years. Now I know that's been improving the last year or two. So they've, I think maybe they potentially have stuck with him through the five year. I think in the first five years, I would be on the line. Jesus, yeah, can't keep can't keep going like this. You know they were down in Division Three. I'd probably be on the line to give him another year. But if they don't get to an Ulster final next year, you know you might be thinking it's time to give someone else. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I know, and I know for a fact that he's probably thinking the same. Maybe have I brought these as far as I can? You know, these are conversations we're having here now that we're having Kildare at after six years, and we decided that. We'll, it's time for him to go because well, we the clubs voted him out. Did they clubs not? Voted by him one out. vote, was it? One vote, yeah. And and it was anyway. We won't get into that too and much he, because. But, but did he not piss the clubs off because he shut down all club football in Kildare? Wasn't that part he, of that? He, there was perception and 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 facts, and that's where you know if, if we GPS for <laughs> for some of the factual information, you know, we had there was a group. There was times. There was times, Colin, where players were released, and for whatever reason, maybe lads not. Um, maybe carrying knocks and didn't play with their clubs. Okay, I was I would have been always one that wanted to play. Maybe going through a bit of bad form. Any chance I got to play with Alan Wood, I wanted to play. Um, now you're dealing with 32 individuals that obviously are not going to align. But if a lad didn't play, if I decided oh, look, I, I could really do it out this match. Just season. minding yourself. I'm minding myself. Big match coming. And he said, come in and say, listen, I'm not fit to play. Oh, it was Kieran McGinn, he doesn't want, he said he could play just to, but he didn't want him playing. Right. You know, so, and that, a good bit of that happened um, in Kildare. But I think that the the big thing at, at the end of Kieran's time was, you know, didn't win a Division 2. I would have felt that we were making progress. We had, at the, at the end of it, it was 13 he left. There was a, an under-21 team of the Paul Cribbins and Daniel Flynn's and, you know, all these guys that were, had been successful. And you felt that if he got his hands on them, I remember when, when it was finished, uh, a very astute Kildare man said, this will set Kildare back 20 years, letting Geezer go. You know, that was his. And we probably haven't reached, well, there's no probably, we haven't reached the heights again. Yeah. Um, but again, that's, listen, it's it's opinion. We we weren't, we'd nothing really to show. And that would, that probably doesn't sit well with me, the fact that, he won nothing. I would say we won nothing. You know, but we competed and he did compete. He yeah. definitely. I think he did a very good job with Kildare. Mm. I think he did a much job, better job with Kildare than he a much better record with Kildare than he has so far with with Armagh. What's your take on it, uh, Paul? Like he'd six years with Kildare. He made Leinster finals. He made All Ireland semi final. Could have been an All Ireland final. Like he's nowhere near that level with Armagh. He'd one good run in the qualifiers and got destroyed by Tyrone in the All Ireland quarter final. He they beat Fermanagh, Westmead, Tipperary, Kildare before getting hammered by Tyrone like that's that's his best year with them 
Yeah, it is a strange one. Like it's probably taken him six or seven years to get to here, where it probably took him only two or three to get uh, where he want where he wanted to be with Kildare. You know, um, yeah, like uh, even now, are they in top three teams in Ulster? They're probably not. Do you know what I mean? Um, so like it's a bit of a tough one. I I think he'll stay on. I think it's important that if the players want them, like if you get by in there, that's half the battle, and the county board want them. I, I'd agree with Johnny. Like. Sometimes you get off the bus, the county board officers go one way, the team go the other way. Like what you want is everyone going in the one direction. You know, probably would have seen that ourselves in Cork. Um, so like if they want them, um, and their perception is that he's doing a good job, I think he'll stay. But it's a strange one because it's it's taken them a long time to to maybe stay in Division One, get an ultra championship win. Um, and like, look, he has some good players coming. I think the O'Neills will be top class players. Blaine Hughes and Gold, Jerry O'Burns, they're all good players. But um, I think he's under a bit of pressure. All right, next year to get maybe get to an Ulster final and possibly have to win an Ulster final. But there's other teams like Monaghan are fresh now and Derry are coming as well. So he, he'll, he'll find it tough. That's the, that's the thing. And just to, just to, before we finish up, and I'd like to, the chance to get to an Ulster final against Cavan two years ago on the replay, and they didn't get over the line. They had a great chance to get to it against Monaghan this year and they didn't get over the line. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, and, and, and I suppose like when you look at the, the, the game at the weekend, like, you know, is it Kieran McGinney's fault that the, the goalkeeper, you know, we talked about it on this show, like, you know, trying, what was he trying to do? Next thing the ball ends up in the back and net. You know, I you know the, he did that with his bad foot. That was yeah. a, He did that with his left foot. I know. I know. I, I was when it happened. I was saying I'd say Colin Parkinson is. I'd say he's going mental. <laughs> I didn't notice it because Sky miss all the kickouts. So that's something that's driving me mad. And both Sky and RT to show a replay. A lot of kickouts are being missed now. Yeah. So the play is just resuming by the time you're actually watching the game. Yeah, and and you, sometimes the likes of that, like all of a sudden, then you're, you're thinking, how, how's this after happening? You know. But yeah. I suppose, and that's the, you know, do we read too much? I suppose. It, your manager is there, you know, what's his job? He's probably there to get the best out of the group he has. Um, and, like, I sometimes feel we're very reactive in the, you know, well, we lost that, so, you know, the man, we're, we're using the results to... to yeah, so to, it's bad. If exactly. You, if you win by a pint, it's going great. Yeah, like, we we would have, you know, there'd be a lot of criticism over Calaire 20s this year, you know, Westmead beat them and all, what would they, you know, and I'm thinking, we won in All-Ireland, what, in 18, we're beating in the first round. Do you know what I mean? So, like, everyone has a different view, way of viewing this, the same thing, and and uh, so I wouldn't be as maybe as, as as critical over over the result. You know, when you put them down on paper, as you said, three Ulsters in seven years, it's 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 a poor return for for the players. Three and Ulster for, wins, sorry, no, not Ulsters. Sorry, three Ulster <laughs> wins. Yes, apologies. You know, that's that's you can't get it. There's factual information. You can't yeah. get away from that. Um, but certainly, I I think, and the other side of it is like you can say. Get rid, get rid, and and you rightly point out in in Armagh, you would think that they have good candidates to come in, but you know maybe they won't be. Yeah, you, ha- you have to make sure you know the next person coming is going to take up the man and bring it to the next level, not set it back to bring it on again. So yeah, you know it's it's a tough one. It's definitely a tough one. We'll give him one more year. I think, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll come back and we'll have a look at the two matches. All right, so we're going to start with Kerry and Cork in Fitzgerald Stadium. It's at four o'clock um, on Sunday. It's on RTE. Um, I'm going to start w- with, with you, Paul, and a, a quote from Sean Powder, which is uh, a great quote. I fully believe we're going to beat them. We've beaten them all the way up, under 21, and we beat them last year. 
that's the kind of fight and talk that you want before heading down to the rebels. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of fight and talk they'll they'll need. Hopefully, like in in fairness to Powder, he's backed it up every time he's played. It. You know, he hasn't played too many games due to injury, but he's been he's been our best player nearly every time he's played. And you know, he, he's a leader. You know, he might be small in stature, but he's he's a great bit of stuff, really. Like, um, look, they'll be under pressure. I suppose I was reading quotes as well from Ronan McCarthy. He said, kind of could be a cagey game. And from Luke Connolly, who said you don't want to get into a shootout with Sean O'Shea and David Clifford. And if Luke Connolly's saying that, um, <laughs> there might be a, be an indication of that it could be a, they could maybe have numbers back and and try maybe keep Kerry from scoring. But look, um, our biggest thing is I think you have to score to be Kerry. We've only got thirteen scores the last times we've a few times we played them. And we beat them last time we got one twelve, and the year before we got three ten. We lost by three points, but. Uh, Look, we're going to have to score that little bit more, I think, uh, than, we, than what we have been doing in, in, in the league and, and maybe against Limerick. Well, that's the important thing. You'll need to score goals, I suppose, Paul. Like, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that Luke Connolly said that because Sean Powder said there'll be a lot more football the next day, kick passing and stuff. It'll be a stiffer test for the defence, but I feel like we'll be up for them. You know, so like, I mean, if Luke Connolly's saying we can't go toe-to-toe and Sean Powder says you know well what I read into that is maybe we're going to have less help in defence because we want to kick, a, kick there's no point in kicking it there's nobody down there so I, I suppose maybe Cork are just keeping everybody guessing how they're going to approach it Yeah look and I, 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 I know Sean maybe said he'll kick a bit more but we haven't been kicking the whole pile so you couldn't imagine us going all out kicking no we need to do it a bit more I think if they brought someone like Mark Collins to centre forward he'd help that do you know what I mean um, and right. Uh, but like um, oh, I, I think a lot of Cork's main players are runners, let's say, and that's that's how their game probably w- will be based. Yeah. What? How do you see them doing it, uh, Johnny? Like, I mean, when you look at it, the way I look at it is you've got Clifford who needs to be. You need to play a man in front of him, right? I would. I would just need to play the man in front, some man in front of him, and let cover his runs. The problem with playing one sweeper against Kerry, their diagonal balls and their movement is so good. You, ne- you nearly need to go as, as Tipperary and play two sweepers. You play two sweepers, you've no attacking game plan. It's yeah. a difficult one, really, you know, because ah, one, one sweeper can get taken out by a good diagonal ball and carry your experts at them. Yeah, and, and you try to, to, to nullify Clifford, which is easier said than done, too. You have Paul Ganey, you have, you have Sean O'Shea, yeah. you have um, Paulie Clifford. You know, these are all, <laughs> these are all decent forwards as well. Um, it is going to be a, a big ask of Cork, I, I, from, from what we've seen to date. Um, you know, Kerry would have got an awful lot of criticism last year of the way they approached the the, the Cork game, um, and and I can't see them falling into that trap. You know they're they're going to out they're going to go to to play to their strengths and get as much ball up the field as quick as they can, um, and into the into the danger man. And and while as you say, Cork can plan to get a lot of bodies back, um, it causes them problems the other end because you write the point out. I think they're going to need goals and they're going to need. Probably three or four of them. I feel to to get over Kerry, it, it it's a big ask in the form that Kerry are in. But listen, you know Cork have done it in the past. Um, I just don't see them having the having the quality all over the field really to trouble this Kerry team. Do, do, like when you see Monaghan able to get four goals, Paul. You know a lot of them coming from kick passes in, and you know some nice skillful play. And Cork have some forwards that if they are brave and they say right, you know Foley can be got at. Uh, oh, Bugley can be a bit of a headless chicken at times in the corner. You know, can he be got at? You know, Tom Sullivan's probably the, their stickiest uh, defender. If they're brave about it, you know, but that's the thing. You know, if they're brave and they ship three goals early, we'll all be saying, oh, geez, maybe they should have dropped back and mind the house. You know, it's not an easy one for Cork. Do, do you think they'll, how do you think they'll approach it? 
Yeah, like attacking wise, I, I think like if you saw the Limerick game when when Luke plays out the field, he nearly plays a bit too deep, and he's looking for the outside of the boot. He he should be close to goal. Like I, I'd keep him up, hurley up, and and Sean Powder was right. Like they have caused the, the Kerry fellas you've mentioned problems underage and a little bit of senior. So I'd be keeping Luke Connolly, Brian Hurley, Dan O'Donnell, who had a good game the last day, and, and Mark Collins as your four up, and then having your two wing forwards working up and down and maybe filtering back and, and letting the the wing backs uh, fill in those spaces either side of the D, you know, and, and keep an eye on the likes of Clifford and, and Sean O'Shea. Um, one problem from Cork, I thought, throughout the league, they're fouling a bit too much. And like last year, it was a monsoon against Kerry and Clifford was miss, uncharacteristically missing freeze. He probably won't do it the next leader with Sean O'Shea. He's on fire. So defensively, I think we'll have to stop. Cork will have to stop shipping easy freeze. Um, and I don't think they'll play a full-time sweeper. I think they'll filter bodies back and, you know, maybe wing forwards go to the half-back positions and the half-back then will drop in. Right, OK. So the powder marked Sean O'Shea the last day. Who'll, who'll take, pick up Clifford? I think I, I think what they tried to do with powder is they nearly get one of the midfielders to sit centre-back and they use him then to attack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as a weapon there because he's very good off the shoulder, obviously, and then he can run beyond the ball and, and take a ball over the top as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Paddy Clifford out, kind of buzzing around Powder either. Do you know what I mean? And and maybe trying to trying to tackle him hard and annoy him and, and, and track him because he he seems to show the engine um, so far this year. Yeah, so like I mean, Paddy Clifford does play in the half forward line pretty much. Like I mean, he's not in the corner; he's picked in there, but he's always buzzing around. And it, it you know, his his deliveries are excellent. Um, you know, and they kind of they rotate a little bit about who's going to be. Clifford will always be in there. We saw Sean O'Shea in there against um, Clare. Like, against Clare. Mm. You know, like I mean, Geeny can drop in there. They're they're very fluid in the forward line. Other other than Clifford. Um, you, you, the others could pop up anywhere. Yeah, that, and that's I think that's the that's the strength in Kerry, isn't it? Like I mean, the, the, you, you you can't second guess them because they're 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 really good ball players, absolutely brilliant finishers, but still can play, you know, can play any of those roles in in that uh, in that forward position. And and um, I I would expect Paulie Clifford to play that as Paul said to play that little bit deeper, look for ball to to put inside, um, you know, and. It'll be interesting to see whether whether O'Shea, you know, drifts closer to goals. He, I think he will at times, and then you know, bring him out around the field, uh, out around that half forward as well. So I think that's where they're where they're strong. They have the ball players that are comfortable in any any of those positions, and you know, other than other than Clifford, who will, will remain in closer to the goals, um, for obvious reasons. And you know, regardless of of how to get, you know, you can try nullify Clifford, but. You still have such quality around them. It's it's, it's hard to see how how Cork would have the, the the manpower to to stop them getting high scores. It's it's definitely going to be difficult for Cork. There's no doubt about that. About how to how to approach it. What about the whole Killarney situation, Paul? Like, I mean, I was down there in 2015. Jeez, you should have won it that day. Um, you haven't yeah. won down there since 1995. Kerry are outstanding down there. Like, they just I don't know what it is about them, but like you probably gotten closer than than most teams to to beating them there. Yeah, I was talking to Phil during the week and he said we'd have five draws, you know, kind of like we'd have, I remember 2010, Gooch got a free last minute for him to draw it. 2009, Brian Sheen got a free to draw it. Uh, 11 and 13, I'd say it was only a couple of points in the down there against us at one or two points. Like, it's a bit galling that we didn't get over the line because it would have been something we wanted to do and we would have been confident at the time to... That we could take them down there, um, and is, just, is, like, is, and is that a big talking point for you to beat them down there? 
It would be a traditional thing, yeah, because right. I suppose in the late eighties and up to the mid nineties, Cork had it well over Kerry, you know. Yeah. And then, um, like, there's been there's been good teams gone down there and come away with draws, like, uh, so it's just down there, and even they just probably don't want to be the team to lose the Cork down there, you know. You said, like, who would have thought Young Fitzgerald would have kicked the last minute point in twenty fifteen? Yeah. You know, we were leaving them shoot, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're you're leaving them have a go from thirty five forty yards on the right hand side, but. Uh, yeah, you're right. Look, there's there'll be a big crowd in Clare, regardless. I suppose you're on with the Connacht final going to going to Crow Park. There never would be a chance of Munster because Cork people like they're they out in Clare and Kerry don't travel to to, to Dublin unless there's a, an All Ireland final. So, um, look, there's been plenty of man have Corkman has has watched the, the Munster final in Clare and the pub in Clare rather than going up to the pitch. So, um, it'll be it'll be still a busy weekend down there. Right, you think maybe a lot of, of Cork fans will travel anyway? I was thinking that, like, I mean, Cork and Kerry ain't coming up. You'd be safe enough with 2,000 in Croke Park for the for the Munster final. That was never that was never a runner. Like, I mean, a lot of talk about the Kerry uh, press and how many bodies they commit forward uh, to it. Like, I mean, I would see that as a positive for Cork. Like, I mean, if they're pushing that many men up, surely there's a plan that can come up. You know, I know Keane O'Neill thinks a lot about the game and surely they're going to come with some way that they can take 10 Kerry players out of the game and turn that positive for Kerry into weakness. It's only a positive because teams continue to try and find some sort of a short one while that press is there. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I suppose they're, they're trying to put put Cork and, and um, Martin in the goals, put them under pressure. But again, we've seen it. We've seen it in lots of occasions where you know you you, you go along, but you, you'll get away with a couple of them as well. Going, you know, going over the press, um, and and having someone in your half forward line to, to win that ball or maybe, you know, creating pockets left and right that he can he knows where that ball is going and, and y- as you say, you nullify ten carry men by, by putting it long. Um, but again, how many of those are you going to get in a in a game? And albeit that, you know, in in a tight game all you need maybe is one, but I, I don't see it being a tight game. I think Kerry are going to try squeeze Cork every opportunity to get. Um and and, you know, with with the quality I think Kerry have um, I think they're going to put um, put massive pr- pressure on on Cork, um, and like as I say, you will go over the top a couple of times, but I don't think it'll be enough to to, to cause Kerry problems. Yeah, you can't do it every time. I'm just trying to think of how Cork can trouble them. Like I mean, you mentioned Mark Collins at centre forward. Like, is he looking at starting here, Paul, or is he going to be an impact sub? And if he's at centre forward, what would be wrong with sending your two midfielders out to either wing and driving a few up the middle? He's good in, you know, he's good in the air, plays midfield with his club. You know, that's a good kick out option when that press is on. Yeah, last year I know we went long in the kickouts and we played Killian O'Hanlon at centre forward, who's a six foot three midfielder. Yeah. And more often than not, we won the breaks uh, around the middle. No, it was a day for the breaks, it was middle of winter. Uh, but Mark is a good fielder. Um, and look, I think Kerry will definitely press up. Um, like since the Galway game first in the league, they've just had that about them. They're really manic in their in their full press. So I think we we'll have to go along and we'll have to have something. I know Keane O'Neill does work on breaks and he works on long kickouts a lot, um, but that's what we did last year. They just had an extra midfielder at centre forward and they could bang it long then and 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 fight for it and touch it to the wing and 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 fight for it on the wing because if they don't win it. Uh, or sorry, if, if it's one on the wing by a carry man, at least they can put him dead with a foul or, or a sideline and there's no real danger. But I think they'll probably have to go longer and then just maybe commit to the breaks and, and maybe use their running power then to, to carry it up. 
And that's one thing Keen O'Neill would have talked about in Calera. I heard him mention it several times where, you know, he talks about this ring of steel um, that knowing yeah. if, if, if Paul is going to contest the kick-out, we have to have, you know, bodies around him and knowing where that kick-out was going. And we've every if it breaks behind, you know, we've covered because we've maybe half forwards coming in or, or if it breaks in front or, or half backs coming in. And he talked a lot about that, you yeah. know, he used that, that ring of steel that he talked about. So I would imagine that there is a plan there for, for that, that, you know, while if they're going to press us high, we're going to put put that ball long and, and we'll be ready for, for, for any break ball. And, you know, when you put it out, when you put it out there, it becomes 50-50. You know, <laughs> we've talked here, you don't need to be a, a keeper to be given a short kick out to a cornerback and next thing he's 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 turned over and, and with Clifford and these boys around, there's only one place going to end up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, so it, it, that would make sense to me. You've got two targets and two midfielders on either side and you've Collins up the middle and the goalie obviously has got a, a you know, a, some sort of a, a way of telling the players out the field which one is coming. So the Cork lads are heading to that breaking ball a little bit faster than the Kerry boys. Like, I, don't, I, I don't see a short kick out unless Kerry, you know, it's a good point from play where the game is so disorganised where Cork should even be entertaining a short one, Paul. Yeah, like, just on Johnny's point, like, with Keane O'Neill, nearly everyone, bar the two inside forwards, has some sort of a role on a, on a long kick out and they kind of know where it's going to go. Right. You're right, I don't even give it a short if it's down and out within the four or five seconds, you know what I mean? And, and they've caught Kerry off guard. If Kerry are set, geez, there's nearly no point in going in going short too often. Um, so I think that would be their best bet. Like, as I said, they put a lot of work into their long kickouts as well as their short ones. And like, ultimately, if you can win a further out the field, it gives your, your chance of scoring a bit higher and, and that platform just further up the field. And and Paul, when you when you would move the midfielders either side, would you, you'd be planning, obviously, to keep it away from Moran, who's a very good fetcher, right? Okay, I don't, like, I don't think... Uh, uh, Dermot O'Connor is as good in the air so you'd probably be targeting maybe that yeah like Maguire likes to go on to more and a yeah. good bit you know he, he likes to kind of try outwork him and he, he, he's a very good spoiler Maguire you know what I mean he, he'd see more as the primary ball winner for Kerry and would like to target him there and feel he could run, run around him a bit so yeah you're probably looking at someone who's going to be mobile and, and maybe can compete very well in the air then on O'Connor on the other side yeah, how go on, Johnny? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. I think, like, and um, for no, you know, there's a David Moore has a lot of mileage on the legs. You know, Sunday's to be a really hot day. Um, you know, you're going to spoil. He's really strong in the air. Maybe spoil him in the air, and then put him on the back foot. I think that's an area maybe Carr could exploit Kerry a little bit. But then you've O'Connor, you've Spillane, you've Jack Barry. All you know, it could come in there if. if um, if Kerry are having a bit of trouble, but certainly I would be trying to put put David uh, more and you know have him have him running back and and worrying about me getting up the field to to, to attack him because uh, you know I say he's a lot of mileage on the legs um, and with the heat and everything on Sunday it just might put them under a little bit of pressure. Well, that's it. And then you obviously from a Cork point of view you have Tommy Walsh and Killian Spillane coming on and they come on at the same time, Paul, to offer you a whole new threat. Um, you know, like I mean, is this a situation where Cork are going to have to see those subs with like the first time I saw this was when Kevin McManaman used to come on in Croke Park and Eamon Fitzmaurice the minute McManaman came on he brought on someone fresh to mark you know what I mean to mark him now I know Tommy Walsh isn't going to run at you like Kevin McManaman but you know is that something that Kerry or Cork could have thought about like who's going to mark Tommy Walsh right he's not he's not going to be starting but if Tommy Walsh comes on you know we might think of doing something like that yeah, I think, um, well, back in the day when Duke Spring done, he on for Kerry, Connor Cooney Spring on, Derek Cavanagh straight away, full back. And yeah. that was kind of a, 
a matchup. I'd say, like, I think they might have the personnel that would be happy enough inside. Maybe Sean Meehan and Fly and the young fella Dan O'Mahony is a good bit of stuff. Like, so they, they might feel that they have the have the capability there. Spillane caused us wreck last year, you know, while well, the rest were struggling. He came on, he kicked four points, you know what I mean? If he was starting, he probably, he was on fire. Yeah. So it's, it's they'll, they'll probably have to have something up their sleeve there because he saw, caused us so much trouble last year, you know. Um, like, and, and geez, he, he's doing enough to start, but he's, it's just, there's, there's only seven going into six, do you know what I mean? So um, I, from a car point of view, I think I'd be a little bit more worried about um about Spillane coming on there now as opposed to Tommy Walsh the, the thing about Tommy Walsh and Spillane especially Tommy Walsh is that when Kerry are winning they can give lovely control ball into him and you know it looks it looks good when Kerry are losing they start getting desperate and, and you know down it's not the same ball you know if Cork can just stay in the game and stay in a situation where Kerry can't give you know oh here's our plan B while we're winning let's give a lovely one you know yeah. it's a different ball game altogether when you bring on a big man when you're losing it's now his desperation stakes yeah and, and, and you're viewing the, the whole situation you're, you're, the pressure's on that, that ball that you have maybe a little bit extra time because you're you're, you're, you're on the attack um, as opposed to being on the back foot you know they, they, like Tommy Walsh will want ideally them diagonal balls in where he's, he can attack them not sort of landing down where the full back and just get a break on them and that's where he's really strong um, but you know you know yourself when, when sometimes when things are going against you you know they, those diagonal balls are not just as the way you want them you know the, the defence's uh, back is up and just to don't fall right for you when they're under pressure so uh, you can have all the plans you want and, and when things are going well they can come off as being brilliant you try them next day and they just don't work. Um, but again, when Tommy Walsh come, comes on, he just adds a different dimension to them, um, just offers them some something different. And particularly when you have, as I say, when you have the likes of Clifford buzzing around them, you have, you know, Darren Minehan does comes on, does well. Um, so there's, there's, there's just so much quality there. You know, I I think it's it's and and in fairness to Peter Keane, when you have that quality, you know, like there's there's a chance that Tommy Walsh won't be needed or won't come on, you know, and and it gives them a different option. So you can plan for all these things. I'm sure Ron McCarthy will and 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 his his management team will look at all these things. Um, but there's just so many different options for for Kerry. It's it makes it very difficult for them. I uh, know it definitely. Will. Rory think, Dean I has think, uh, go on, Paul. Sorry, I think after, I think from Peter Keane has probably moved Tommy closer to goal, whereas last year he was over on midfield and he's probably far more dangerous inside there than he is around the middle. You know, I think that, and as Johnny said, he kind of he gives that other dimension. So, like I suppose when we were playing him last year, you were nearly happy enough to see him out around the middle and obviously around their full back line towards the end of the game. But like, uh, yeah, he just he, he might get a run at the weekend, but he, he's probably that 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 thing something. Um, a little bit different from Rory Dean is another one that has the beatings of Paul Murphy you know when he comes up against him definitely in the air he's the, he'd be a, a kick out option as well is there anybody I know Mark Keane came on last year Paul and it was actually gas he obviously got the goal but geez, he was criminally underused uh, From I know it was, a, it was a dirty day but when you see Kerry against Dublin in Turles and you saw how much trouble they got from the bloody you know the, a, a good even even I remember Scully just gave the random one in and Paul Murphy got caught under it, and Con Callan got the easiest goal he'll ever score. Is there anyone that we might see a little surprise to, you know, stick in there and maybe for two or three root ones, uh, you know, during a half? Yeah, I don't know about root one anyway. Um, they, they did put Rory Dean uh, kind of started him full forward um, in twenty eighteen, and we got two early goals. In was the he? Park. Oh, was he full no, forward we were, that day? 
he was wearing a half hour number and he, he starts and say, we actually got two goals, I'd say, in the first 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. And he actually got a black card and he was a big loss and we were beat well in the end. So, like, he, he does drift in there. I know they do tell him to drift in there, um, but it's just trying to get the service uh, quickly and accurately and is, is probably a bit of the issue. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, I, he has been, he's probably the only guy really that you could put in there. Um, Mark Collins, too, has played closer to goal the last couple of years. He would have played against Leash there uh, two years ago and done very well, you know. Um, so, and he can field. But uh, I think he's probably needed a little bit more on the 40. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Who are we going for here? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Kerry. <laughs> We'd be, we're after talking Kerry up that much. We, I, well, I usually, have to go. usually when it's Kerry and, and Dublin, you're talking about how you're going to be able to manage them, yeah. really. And that's kind of the level they're, they're kind of at now. Quickly, Johnny, yeah, yeah, Kerry or Cork? I, I'm, I'm going with Kerry. I just think they've too much quality. Paul? I'll back up Sean Powder and believe we can beat him. But, uh, <laughs> We've done it at every age level and yeah, there's no reason yeah. why we can't do it this weekend. That'll be the yeah. speech in the dressing room. That'd get me going. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd like those kind of... We've no fear of these lads. Yeah. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the other big one obviously is Mayo Galway, lads. Um, for me, Johnny Croke Park is a big advantage to Mayo. We know Galway are going to drop men back behind the ball. That's their style now. Whether we, you know, that's not what it started out with. That's what it is now. You have Oli, he'll come back as a sweeper. They'll get plenty of, of men behind the ball. The problem is, in the heat, in Croke Park, that's not a great game plan. And, you know, intensity wise, it, you know, it's all based around intensity and running and. A hot day in Croke Park with all that wide open space against a team like Mayo who love Croke Park. Yeah, and and Mayo are, you know, they're they're happy to go to Croke Park. Like we talked about bringing Cork or Kerry up, they won't travel. Mayo will travel like there was eighteen thousand for for uh, tickets. I'd say. Yeah, it's a fifteen yeah. or eighteen. I, I think, think yeah. I think it's I think it's it was eighteen last weekend right. anyway. Oh, it's eighteen. Uh, the Ulster's fifteen for yeah, some reason anyway. Yeah, well, I think it's eighteen, but like you know, you'd wonder. May all fill in eighteen, no problem, and they love coming to Crow Park. It's yeah. it's uh, so you you certainly would think you would think that it would suit them. It's sort of home away from home, um. But I still give Galway, I still give Galway a chance, um. You know if they can, they, they have some exciting forwards. Shane they, Walsh now, I, there's a good chance he'll be out the way he came off with the hamstring. Yeah, it lo- yeah, it looks unless it was just precaution. But when he came play, off, he, he looked. Played, yeah, was the thing that they played it down afterwards. But the speed he was running when he pulled up with that. Yeah, yeah, and he, I don't know. He like he's an explosive player. You very see him just. You very seldom see him. You know, at half. He just when he gets the ball, he's just gone. Um, and as you as you point out there, like if you're going at that pace. The hamstring is not saying, "Listen, slow down and getting tired here." It just normally goes, yeah. um, and that would be a massive, a massive blow. Um, and if it was the way he did come off, it looks like it looks like he wouldn't have time to recover. So, um, but I still think you know, Con, um, Paul Conway around the middle. You know, he's Paul Conroy, yeah, Conroy, he's been playing very well. Yeah, he's playing really well at the moment, and um, Matthew Tierney. You know, part of him, he's he he took his goal very well in the last so. I still give them a chance. I think Mayo will be too strong for them. Um, I, I, w- I would have been worried for Mayo. I'm a little bit... Killian O'Connor will be a massive loss and will be a massive loss. It could be the difference as they stay, you know, if they stay in this championship. Um, but certainly... And I know you can't read too much into the Leitrim game. We'd put 5.20 past, past there. Yeah. A very poor Leitrim team. Um, and, and sometimes that can be good for confidence, but it can lead you up a path that... Maybe you think you're better than you are, but I think I think it may or a bit long in the two to to get fall into that sort of stuff. So, um, and then you know you've you've 
you know, going into the last game, they had the, the, the issue with COVID and stuff. You'd think, you know, that's cleared up now. And with Lachlan to come back. Um, Team with O'Connor to come back. Yeah, I'm not Lee, sure about Lee him. Keegan. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you think that the, the aces are with, with Mayo uh, going into this one. The, ju- just tactically, um, Paul, like, I mean, is are Mayo the worst team to be trying to play this defensive system Galway have? Because, like, I mean, can you drop back off Owen McLaughlin, Oshin Mullen, Lee Keegan, like these are players now that have got a head of steam coming at you like a train. You know what I mean? Is it a dangerous game plan to, to play, especially against Mayo? Yeah, I think it is. I, I think Aaron Kernan was speaking during the week uh, on the show about um, Armagh dropping off and leaving Manning come up to their 45 untouched and yeah. uh, with no contact and leaving those boys go fresh. Like, And they can pick off scores like Paddy Durkin is, is like a forward. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it's a, it's a dangerous game plan and it's hard to do in Crow Park um, for a lot of it, you know, and like, you're probably you're probably leaving a little bit kind of a bit of a burden on the likes of Shane Walsh if he's fit, Damon Comer if he's, if he's how fit he is after just coming back up front, do you know what I mean? And and Matthew Tierney, you know, to, to, to do the bulk of the scoring. Look, uh, Mayo's like, in fairness, their athleticism, they've been rootless throughout the whole Division 2 and, and their two championship games, like they've done everything that's been asked of them. Um, if they get the boys back from the COVID and Lee Keegan, I think, was out with his shoulder, um, like I, I think Galway will make a game of it, but... Um, It'll be hard to look past Mayo with these boys. And it'll be interesting to see how they do, actually. It's, it's almost like a new team, in fairness to James Horn. It's like when he started with, with the first team in 2009-2010, he's moulded them into a, a really kind of massively conditioned team, well-organised, well-coached, you know, play with huge energy, uh, really get to the pitch of championship. It's it's a big test room in Crow Park, especially though Killian O'Connor, as Johnny said. So, um, yeah, I, th- I, I think Galway will probably have to get to the pressure on in the middle third of the field and like so Peter Cook and, and Paul Conroy will have to have a massive game in the middle of the field from. That's the thing. And it depends where, I suppose, if Dermot O'Connor comes back, he'd play back in midfield. He was on the panel, apparently, against Leitrim, but never came on. Um, he's had two weeks since then. If he played in midfield with Rouen, you're putting Aidan O'Shea probably at centre-forward, Kevin McLaughlin, and that really beefs up the half-forward line, which I thought looked a bit wishy-washy um, maybe the last day. But, you know, um, Sean Kelly followed Aidan O'Shea in last year's kind of final everywhere. Now, Sean Kelly is their best man-marker. So then you're, look, you're left with Liam Silk, who's more of a footballer than a man-marker, and Mulcairn having to mark Tommy Conroy and Ryan O'Donoghue. They won't like that. No, they won't. And and um, I've been, you know, I've I watched Ryan O'Donoghue at underage. I've been really impressed with with him. He's I think he's just grown every game, um, and you know he seems to be given the the mantle now of of taking frees as well. So he, he seems to be he'd be decent enough at them. Um, and he's he's just he's a top of the ground player. He's buzzing the whole time. Um, and you know, in fairness to James Horn, he's 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 introduced these players. Like he's lost of a few household names, and but the, sh- the ship seems to be able to sail on without them. You know, we 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 would look at at you know losing the likes of of um, Keith Higgins and and you know these guys that had just come to the end of the their end of their career and stuff. But you know the quality of, of player he's bringing in. Um, I, I I certainly think. You know, and Aidan O'Shea will get a, a bit of criticism at, from time to time, um, but he's still a big, big plus for that. You know, yeah. you can play him. He's so he's versatile because you can play him at eleven. He'll see him at times drifting into the full forward line, which he again gives them a, a different dimension. And when it's you not have, get, this is probably not the game for him. Maybe in there, not with, the way Galloway are playing. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. But again, 
there, you know, at times he might just drift in there. And when you've you've the quality of of kick passers like Stephen Cohn, you know, Kevin McLaughlin, it just gives them a different a different outlet. You know, maybe for ten or fifteen minutes, then get him back out around the half forward line where he's he's re- really good at winning uh, primary possession. Um, it just leaves them very strong in that sense in the spine of their team and and. Um, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be difficult to beat. There will be. The, and I suppose the Shane Walsh is such an important one as well, Paul. You mentioned Paddy Durkin. He'll pick up Shane Walsh even if he's at full forward. Um, he did last year. If Shane Walsh isn't there, now Durkin will, will probably be out wing forward and causing all sorts of problems. So it's almost a double yeah. whammy if, if Shane Walsh, at least he takes Paddy Durkin out of the game. Now, not the way Galway would be thinking he can take Paddy Durkin, but... You know, it's 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 a double blow if Shane Walsh. Uh, what's your take on that? The way he went down with the hamstring and a three-week lead-in. Like the reality is, he wouldn't have done anything for two weeks after that. Yeah, obviously, seen him up close, and you're right. Like he doesn't do anything half measures. He's he's so fast, and he has this kind of stop-start jink that he, he does kind of yeah. midway through his sprint. I kind of read that saying he might be fit, but even if he's fit to talk, he definitely won't be near 100 uh, percent. To take for Lausanne, like and Paddy Durkin generally picks him up. If Shane Wallace gets maybe couple from play, three or four frees, Paddy Durkin will probably kick two on the other end. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't think Mayo would be too worried. Um, I'd say I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him tagged from from kind of the, the sound coming out of Forrest Joyce and Galway, but I, he probably won't be the same animal. And it's a pity because he's he's a fella we were speaking about Crow Park earlier. He's a fella made for it, you know. Yeah, he's made for Crook Park. It's a difficult one. How do you, you're 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 leaning towards Mayo, uh, Johnny? Yeah, I am. I wouldn't I wouldn't be me as as certainly as as I would be a Kerry in, in Munster. But I um I think they will. They won't have it all their own way. I I, I expect Galway to, to 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 land a good few punches. But yeah. Mayo still, have learned nothing about themselves, really. No, and that's and that is that's probably, a worry. Yeah, it is a worry. But again, you think with the experience they have, um, but on the field and and in James Horn, you know they've had to deal with this in the past. Yeah, you know. In, in Mitch Ma- mismatch in Connacht uh, as to you know would be up and down but certainly they'll be going in with a little bit of, of air of you know as you said not knowing exactly where they are um, but again they'll be delighted to go to Crow Park and uh, to, to, to play in Galway I think they'll be I'd, I'd be happy enough of where, where they're at um, yeah, it's the second year. If it was last year, you'd say in his first year back or whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, or his second year depending back. Depending on depending on faces. who's what. You know, will will they start Kevin McLaughlin? You'd imagine the will will Lee Keegan come back into really. You know, like Lee Keegan is probably not the 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 player for for Mayo that he was maybe three or four years ago, where you know he'd take out a player, but he could also we've seen him in the past. You know, bomb up the field and. And stick the ball on the roof of the net. You know, I don't think he's that sort of a player. Just at the, you know, probably a lot of miles on the legs as well. But he's still a massive plus for them. Um. So yeah, depending on what what way he lines out and and um, the man marking jobs he gives he gives to different lads. But I think over over the seventy five minutes, I think they just have too much for Galway. Yeah, I I went for um I went for Galway to win Connacht, but that was before the match was moved to Croke Park. Before Shane Walsh, you know, did his hamstring. It was after Killian O'Connor did his or uh, was out for the season. I've changed around now, and I'm I'm leaning more towards Mayo, probably for those reasons. What 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 do you think about it, Paul? Yeah, I, look, Galway, they, they've beaten Roscommon twice in twenty uh, this year. Like they're the only team they've beaten, you know. And I know they they done very well up in Clones against Manahan, but uh, I think Mayo Mayo will have it over. Now Mayo have questions. So as you said, they've stepped walk into Crow Park before, breezing through Connacht and and blowing teams away in Crow Park, and. Um, 
I suppose the last game they played was the All Ireland final. It's probably they'll probably see it as ideal preparation for their next game against Dublin, the All Ireland semi. So, look, I think against the higher level of defence and defensive system, maybe without Killian O'Connor, where's all their bulk of scoring going to come from? Maybe you could ask that question about them, but I think they've they've enough about them to 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 win this weekend. Yeah. Okay. So we're all going for Mayo there. Everybody, yeah. everybody's green, and we're all oh, the two of us are going for Kerry, and uh, Paul has to be seen in Nemo again. So he went, he went for, he went for Cork. Right. We'll leave it there, lads. We'll be back on Monday, and we'll review the two uh, provincial finals. We'll talk to you all then. Good luck. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not being asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.